Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. We're going we're gonna to look at Jesus today. But before I, before I get into what I'm doing, I need to give you a little bit of a framework as to where I'm coming from into this message, okay? Because uh, let me just give you, I'm just going to give you Christianity in like a minute, okay? Uh, I'm going to come back and do this properly at the end. But as Christians, so I'm a Christian, so I believe, we believe that the whole of our life is built on this moment in history where we believe God came to earth as a human being. He died for my sins to take away my sin and he rose again in victory so that I could know God. Okay, right? That's, that's the whole foundation of my entire faith is this moment that I believe that Jesus as an actual human being died and rose again, okay? But when Jesus came to earth, he came to earth as a baby, right? We've, all of us probably have heard the Christmas story of Jesus as a baby. But then we've really got nothing, nothing in his life until he's 30 years old. There's like one story where he gets lost as a 12-year-old in Luke. That's it. But Jesus didn't just come, live in obscurity, die in obscurity and rise again and then go, oh, oh by the way, I've just done that for you, right? Now, that would have been enough, I think, if he'd have just died for our sins, taken the punishment and risen again. But he doesn't. We have these three years from when he's 30 to when he's 33, where he does stuff. He teaches, he preaches, he heals people, he comforts people, he talks to people, he teaches in stories, he, he does miracles, he does signs, he does wonders, and ultimately, at the end of that, he's crucified, and he dies and he rises again. So, and the whole point of his death and resurrection was to welcome me to know God. So, those three years... So I believe, and I don't think this is an overstatement, to say that everything that Jesus did publicly in those three years was a sign, a declaration, an announcement of the kingdom of God that he was going to bring about by his death and resurrection. Which, if you're a Christian today, you're living in now. If you've received Jesus as your saviour, you're living in that kingdom that he was speaking about and he brought about in that moment. So everything, I believe, everything that Jesus does, everything he did, had intrinsic value in the moment at which he did it and is a sign for us to know what on earth the kingdom of heaven might look like on earth. We see it by a human being doing it. We see what it looks like, what it sounds like. So whenever we see Jesus interacting with people, whenever we see Jesus doing something, it's, it's so important that we understand the moment and it's important that we understand that that moment was this little three-year window in the history of the world where God walked as a man that we get to learn what it might look like for me to walk as a human being bringing the kingdom like he did so that means that we can't just leave these stories in the past they're supposed to be a sign for me as to how I'm going to live my life now so we're going to look at a couple of stories and we're going to be asking this question which is the title of my message could this be me that's the title of my message could this be me could this be me? This is for me. It's not for me. Could this be me? Uh, could this be me? So, I don't know about you. So, I, I have this thing where sometimes I think, sometimes I get frustrated with myself. I'm like, why do I read any other books ever other than the, these four books in the Bible called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that are about God walking on the earth and teaching me something? I'm like, why do I ever read anything else? Maybe that's just me. Uh, but I get frustrated myself that we've got such an insight into the kingdom of God. So we're going to look at a story, we're going to passage in Luke, which has got two different people. 
being met by Jesus, okay? And we're going to look at both stories and ask the question, could this be me? Could the person in this story that Jesus is talking to, could, could that be me? Now, and underneath both of those stories, we've got, there's like, a, there's like a deeper story that runs across them both that we're going to come to at the end. See if you spot it while I'm speaking, but we're, gonna, we're not going to talk about it as we go, but we're going to come to that deeper story at the end. So let's, let's pray, and then we're going to read from the Bible. Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that Jesus is alive and that he's here now by your spirit. Father, and I just pray today that you would just come in your spirit and that you would bring life to us, that you would come and bring transformation, and that you would come and meet with us today. Amen. Amen. Amazing. Okay, so uh, we're going to read from Luke chapter 5. So Luke is one of these books in the Bible that is the accounts of Jesus when he was walking the earth. So this is what it says in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. It says, one day Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them. He took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Okay, so then after this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So we have two people in this story. We have a paralyzed man, and we have a man named Levi who's a tax collector. So, I mean, this is just a crazy story. You've got Jesus. This is right at the beginning of his ministry as well. And this guy comes and is lowered down in front of Jesus. And I don't know about you, if you want a demonstration that someone can heal people, having someone who's paralyzed is a pretty, is a pretty good way of going, yeah, I can pretty much do anything that I want, right? If, if, if there's like a measure of things that are more difficult and less difficult to heal... Being paralyzed, in my concept, will be a pretty hard thing to heal. And Jesus just heals him. I mean, it's crazy. You know, it said, we have seen remarkable things today. It's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) You really, they they did. They saw remarkable things. But this paralyzed man who gets brought to Jesus. So, I don't know about you, but 
my real desire for this evening is that we would encounter Jesus and that I could maybe give you some tools in your tool belt so that when you go home and read your Bible, do you remember what I said when you go home and read your Bible? When you read your Bible, it's the answer to all of your problems. No. Uh, when you read your Bible, maybe you could, I could give you a tool that means when you're reading it, you don't just gloss over a story like this, but you get to dig a little deeper and find the presence of God because this story is not just this story, it's a pattern for the kingdom that you're now living in. So I don't know about you, but if you read this story and I think of a paralyzed man, that doesn't relate to me immediately. Maybe, maybe you relate to that more than I do, depending on what injuries you've got. But I don't know about you, but if I said, could this be you? Could this paralyzed man be you today? Many of us might just gloss over it and think, yeah, cool, 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 great story. They did see remarkable things, cool, move on. But I wanna tell you a few things about this man. Maybe I could describe him in different ways that might help us to think, could this be me? So this man was paralyzed, okay? But I'd also say this, this man was a victim. This man's a victim of life. This man's living with something that hinders him being able to flourish as a human being. This man is suffering. This man is hurting. Could that be you? Have you ever been a victim of something that genuinely wasn't your fault? and it's hindering you, and it's still hindering you? Are you suffering? And when I say, are you suffering, I should probably say, where are you suffering? <laughs> Most of us are suffering in some sense. You know, Pastor Malcolm has been sharing the last three weeks about facing your inner bully. Is your inner bully loud? Are you suffering at the hands of your inner bully? Are you suffering? Are you hurting? And as well, as I said, you know, paralysis, this is a big thing. Like, this is a big, big, big thing. Is there anything in your life that just seems too big for God to heal? Could this, could this be you? Because you might not be physically paralyzed. And if you are, then I want to say Jesus has the, he does have the power to heal. And there's no guarantees in God that there's no formula for healing. And, you know, we have to look at the story of Jesus as a whole to see there are times when people don't get healed. There are times when people flourish even in suffering but this shows us that God does have the power to heal today and we do still see that in the world we've seen that in our church in the last few months the months people getting set free people getting healed but is there something in your life that you genuinely believe might just be a little bit too big for Jesus to overcome could that be you could this be you you see I wonder if tonight my voice, I've got faith that maybe my voice as I'm preaching could be those four people carrying you to Jesus. As you go, this is too big for me. Well, don't worry, I've got faith for you. Just, 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 just come along with my faith and allow Jesus to come and meet with you. Because you know what? If Jesus wanted to come to a paralyzed man who was a victim, who was helpless, who was struggling, who was hurting, well, that's true of the kingdom of God that you live in. So maybe he wants to come into your life in that way. And I don't mean just in theory, I literally mean now. I mean that you could actually quietly or in your head pray a prayer while I'm speaking, don't worry, I won't take it as rude, that says, okay, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I, maybe I am like that guy. Would you come to me? Come to me. And here's the thing about Jesus. I said this earlier. This is why one of the reasons I love this church. Jesus, the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. You know, if you relate to this man in this teeniest, tiniest little area of your life, <laughs> Jesus is just desperate 
to come and reach down and go, hey, do you just want to get up? <laughs> Let me raise you up. You don't have to live down there anymore. I want to raise you up. There's no part of your life that's too small or too insignificant that he would, doesn't care about enough to look at you and go, oh my goodness, wow, I just love you. Let me be kind and lift you up out of yourself. See, many of us don't allow Jesus to raise us up. Maybe because we're overwhelmed by our problems or maybe we think they're too insignificant. Could this be you? Could this be you? You see, I believe, you know, and I actually believe that some people maybe are going to get healed tonight physically. You know, we see again and again and again and again and again throughout the Gospels and the New Testament that God loves to heal people. <laughs> God loves to heal people. It doesn't always happen. I don't know why. I'm someone who's got a huge passion for healing. I've have prayed for some people and they've got healed. I've prayed for a lot more people and they haven't got healed. I've got things that I want to get healed from that I haven't been and it's annoying sometimes, it's frustrating. But I just believe maybe God does want to heal some people this evening because the kingdom of God, Jesus taught us to pray, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And again and again, we see Jesus doing this. Not always, and there's no formula, but I do believe it's in God's heart. And at the end, I want to give us a chance to respond to this. So, I'd, I, if, if you've responded to anything that I've just been saying, I want you just to keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. I believe Jesus is coming to you. I believe Jesus is coming to you and he's reaching out his hands into whatever thing it is that you're saying, do you know what? I am hurting. And maybe, I don't know, maybe you've not told anybody or maybe you have, but nothing's changing. Jesus wants to come. I believe tonight he wants to lift you out. And then if you're hurting and you're suffering, which is a part of life, maybe as you're reading your Bible, when you're reading your Bible at home, when you're reading your Bible at home, maybe in that moment, you just can just invite Jesus in. Jesus, I'm suffering, I'm alone, but you're the kind of person that reaches out to suffering people. So you are with me today. And I thank you that you're with me. I don't know why this isn't changing, but I know you're bigger than this. This isn't too big for you. You could even heal a paralyzed man. So I'm going to reach out and I just want you to be with me. And wow, in your bedroom, you've encountered Jesus Christ. He's come because he's alive and he wants to come to you now because he's shown us that he wants to come to people. And then straight away after this story, Jesus goes to a man who is at the complete opposite end of the extreme. We get this guy called Levi. In other gospels, he's called Matthew, but we're going to call him Levi. So Levi's a tax collector. So here's where it helps sometimes to know a little bit of context about what was going on at the time. So the tax collectors, these guys, oh man, these were not good people. So imagine, right, this is what happened with the tax collectors. So you've got the Jewish people living in their land, but they're under Roman occupation. So the Roman Empire, which spanned all the way to Britain, you know, uh, across Europe, the Middle East, Africa, huge, huge, huge empire. And the Romans occupy the territory. And so they demand taxes from the nations that they've conquered in order to make Rome rich. It's not like us, you pay taxes and you get the free NHS. You're paying taxes to another country so they can have healthcare. It's like, it's not a good situation. But if you imagine that was our church, imagine if our government passed a law that, that churches would be taxed just for being Christians, okay? It's a slightly, slightly different experience than what they had. But I just want to paint a picture to get you as riled up as these people would be, right? Imagine if they said, right, every single person who's a Christian is going to be taxed for being a Christian, okay? And then what happened was that... Um, uh, let's pick on Tando because he'd never do this. Suddenly we find out that, that, that Tando is working for the government collecting the taxes that we are all paying, right? So he's getting paid by the government 
to take away our taxes. And he said, listen, don't send anyone down. I'm already there on a Sunday. I'll take care of it. I'm there already. Don't worry. I'll take some money, right? But not only that, but, but, but not only that, but the government says, okay, right, it's, it's, it's 20 pounds a month. That's the tax, right? It's 20 pounds a month. Tanner's like, great, 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 great. He comes down here and he goes, hey guys, I, I know this is, I can't believe this. It's 30 quid a month. It's 30 pounds a month. Can you believe that, right? And then, and you're like, wow, this is awful, you know. But then over time, we start to realize that Tando's house is pretty nice. Like, he, he seems to have a little bit more money than the rest of us. You know, we're all struggling and he seems to be living his best life now. And everything's just seemed to be getting better and better for Tando. Now, listen, <laughs> this is going to be awkward, right? There's going to be tension. There's going to be distance. There's going to be breakdown of relationship. So this is what the tax collectors were like. They're Jewish people who have said, hey, Rome, don't send anyone down. You just keep your people in Rome. I'll work here. I'll live here. I will take taxes off my people. I'll sell them out to you. And not only that, I'm going to, I'm going to steal for them and take a lot for myself. So <laughs> Levi is this guy. Levi's not a victim. Right? Don't feel sorry for Levi, okay? Do not feel sorry for Levi. Levi's not a victim at all. If you want to try and find some way that Levi's a victim, I guess he's a victim of his own choices. He's a victim of his own past, maybe. But he's not really a victim. He's a guy who's chosen to do bad thing after bad thing after bad thing, and he's got rich off it. Now, he's alienated from his community, but he's wealthy. He's kind of got this subset of community that is just all the same kind of people. Now, could this be you? Now, I don't think any of us are doing that. But let me tell you a few things about Levi. He was greedy. Levi's greedy. Levi was pretty selfish. Levi was self-centered. Levi was materialistic. Levi would rather get for himself than give to the community. Could this be you? And I'm not saying every single moment of your life is this you, but do you have your moments? <laughs> do you have your moments? See, because if you look at Levi's story here, you know, we know that he's about to get called by Jesus. If you looked at his whole life story, this would just be one small piece of his life, right? And it lasted for however many years, I don't know, but he was working and then his life changes around. So what if your version of that is just that there's one relationship? where you're self-centered. Could this be you? Could this be you where actually, you know, <laughs> this is where uh, there's a pastor in America called Andy Stanley who um, he does this teaching on, uh, he talks about the difference between mistakes and sin and how our culture has got rid of the word sin and has replaced it with the word mistake. So everything is, oh, I made mistakes, I made mistakes, I made mistakes. And he just kind of goes, no, you didn't. <laughs> a mistake is me knocking this table over and smashing the glass of water. That's a mistake. You just chose to do the wrong thing. <laughs> you made a bad choice, and then maybe you made another bad choice. You know, uh, you might not be stealing from people, but do you ever lie? Do you ever know you've got the truth and the lie, and you didn't make a mistake? You just chose in this moment to make a lie. Maybe you immediately regret it, but you chose it. Do you know why you did that? Because you're a human being. <laughs> and sometimes we deliberately choose to do the wrong thing, even though we know what's right. I mean, the Bible even says sometimes when we're desperately trying to do the right thing, we still end up choosing the wrong thing. 
You're a human being. But maybe, you're, maybe we're more like Levi than we thought. Has materialism just snuck into your life? Are there areas where you're selfish? And again, we've got to remember the gospel has the power to change your whole life or your life. Do you know if there's one tiny area of your life where you deliberately choose to do the wrong thing? God would love to come and transform that. And here's the great thing. In this story, Levi, what happens? Jesus, Jesus, God on earth, walks up to a man who for all of us would be like the pin-up boy for the things that you shouldn't do. And he says, follow me. Follow me. Do you know if that's you and you're feeling convicted as I speak and you're going, you know what, right, I've just, I've hidden behind all mistake and I've made mistakes. Do you know what, Noah? I've just done the wrong thing lots and I know it. Do you know what Jesus says to you today? <laughs> just follow me. And the amazing thing is, if you look at Levi's life, if, you, if the, way, the life that I just described, in God's eyes, wealthy but disconnected from his community, he's, in, he's poor in God's eyes, even though the world says he's rich. That man got to follow Jesus Christ around and become his disciple when God walked the earth. What a privilege. There's a story later in Luke about a guy called Zacchaeus who isn't just a tax collector, he's the chief tax collector. Right? And that guy, Jesus says, hey, I want to come to dinner with you. And then his life gets transformed and he goes from being a selfish, self-centered, greedy person to being an unbelievably generous person who, who changes his life around. And in that story, he gives times four times back to everyone he's stolen from. Anybody want to be robbed by someone like Zacchaeus? <laughs> if I want to be robbed by anyone, I want to be robbed by that guy who eventually will give me four times back what he gave me. That's like, he just put it in a, he invested it for me. That's amazing. <laughs> It doesn't say Levi did that. So all the guys who got stolen by Levi, they didn't get anything back. <laughs> See, not only Jesus is coming to you if that's you, but he wants to radically transform your life. And do you know why? Because that kind of life is not the kingdom. Self-centered, selfish, materialistic life where we choose to do the wrong things, lying, stealing, doing the things that we know we shouldn't do, but we just choose to do because it, sometimes it's easier. That's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is you being transformed into a follower of Jesus who follows not only these guys got to literally follow Jesus around and we get to follow the teachings of Jesus, the way that he taught us to live and allow him to transform our lives if we'll allow him to. Could this be you? Might you be the person Jesus is coming to today to say, hey, listen, I know it's this tiniest, tiniest area of your life, but that's not where I'm going, and I'd like you to follow me instead. And he wants to bring transformation to your life. And you know, if you're a Christian, you might relate to this. When we choose the wrong thing, it can snowball pretty quickly. I'm more likely to lie today if I lied yesterday. Right? I'm, we're more likely to look at pornography today if we looked at it yesterday. We're more likely to take drugs today if we took drugs yesterday. We're more likely to, uh, we're more likely to be um, materialistic in our 30s if we're materialistic in our 20s. We're, we're more likely to be selfish in our 20s if we're not recklessly unselfish in our teens. You know, things have consequences. They can snowball. The Bible talks about sin entangling us. And I don't know about you, but sometimes you can have this, this feeling where, I've been down the wrong path so many times or for so long that I, I don't want to come to Jesus or Jesus doesn't want me to come to him. Anybody ever felt like that? Where you just feel like, I just, I just, I'm too dirty or I'm too whatever. I couldn't come to church because of this or I don't want to be around people. Now I feel judged because actually I'm feeling convicted. And, you know, and here's what Jesus does in that moment. I want to tell you that that fear that you've got around bringing that version of you 
into Jesus is such a lie because not only Jesus is happy for you to come to him, he's coming to you. Do you know this? Tax collectors come up a lot in the Gospels. Do you know why? Because there were people who it was so obvious that they'd screwed up their life. <laughs> Some of us can hide it really well. Some of us can hide it really well. And I want to say, you know, I've got this, 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 this is not in the Bible, so I'm, I'm making this up. But I've got this, this image of when Zacchaeus, who's a tax collector, Jesus comes to his house. I've just got this image of Zacchaeus going, no, no, you don't understand. I've just done too much. I've done too much. I've done too much. And then Jesus just going, just stop right there. Could we just get Levi in? <laughs> we just get Levi in? Because... Um, I want you to know, I'm, I'm Levi. <laughs> if you're feeling like Zacchaeus, if you're feeling like someone who goes, no, no, but no one's as bad as me, or I've done this, yes, we have. <laughs> we all do. I lie sometimes. I don't know why. Sometimes I say something like, wait, that's not true. <laughs> do you know, and in that moment, I need Jesus to come and go, follow me. Don't go down that path. Follow me. Some of us, you know, we've all got our things that we can do and some of us are doing them a lot and they're hidden, but they're not what Jesus wants for your life. And Jesus just goes, why don't you follow me instead? Come and follow me. Don't follow that way. Come and follow me. And in so doing, the actual practical and internalness of your life will be radically transformed. And sometimes that doesn't look like giving away four times as much as you've stolen from everybody else. Because, you know, some of us would have nothing to give anybody. But it might look like you in your bedroom, when you're reading your Bible, when you're reading your Bible, you sitting there and Jesus going, hey, it's just that, you know, in that, you know, in that, I don't know, in that, in that group project, you took a bit of credit that wasn't yours. Why don't you just follow me? Just, just be humble. That is the presence of God coming and bringing the kingdom of God to bear in your life. And it's as big as someone in this room who's stealing. If you've been stealing from church somehow, putting your, thing, your hand in the offering bucket, I want to say even if that's you, Jesus just says, follow me. I want to transform your life. I want to bring your life around. There's a lot of people nudging their neighbours now going, oh, it's you, you stealing from the offering. Um, Jesus wants to, he just says, follow me. He doesn't shame you. He just says, follow me me. Could this be you? Could you be Levi? Because you know, when we, when we accept that we are, and all of us are in different areas, when we accept that we are, we accept the words of Jesus that say, follow me. And then you get to just follow Jesus. You get to go, do you know what? Yes, I repent of that. I'm going to turn away and I'm going to follow you. If that's you and there's stuff in your life that's hidden or that's holding you back from becoming the true, generous, free follower of Jesus that you want to be, then again, in, in a few minutes, I'm going to lead us in a time where we can respond. And I believe Jesus is going to come powerfully into your life and, and call you to follow him. But now we need to get to the, the story underneath both of these stories. Because we saw here a man who got healed and we saw a man who started following Jesus. But you know, there's a deeper story under both of these. You'll notice that when the man, you may have noticed that when the man got lowered in front of Jesus, the first thing Jesus says to him is he says, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, just so you know, in case you think that's hard to do, <laughs> which is harder, to forgive his sins or to say, get up and walk. Now, when you've got a paralyzed man in front of you, <laughs> that kind of has a bit more weight to it, that question, than if I say that to you. Because it's like, well, we're, I don't know. I don't know which is harder. They both sound pretty hard. And Jesus says, well, to show you I can do the forgiveness of sins, 
why don't you just, why don't you stand up? And then after he's called Levi and they go to Levi's house, which is just a crazy thing, Jesus goes to the house that's been paid for by the money he's stolen from the people of God. And God goes and eats the food there and sits there and chats to people. And they go, what are you doing? Why are you relating to these people? And Jesus says, I didn't come for the healthy. I came for the sick. And he says, I've come to call sinners to repentance. See, repentance means to turn away, to turn around. Jesus is saying, I came to find people who were lost <laughs> and I want to turn their lives around. But here's where, here's where I want to tell you what we believe as Christians in more depth because I said earlier, we, we really believe that God sent His Son. We believe that God came to earth as a human in Jesus Christ and He did all these amazing things and you can read those in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And particularly John's gospel keeps telling us Jesus was talking about when he died and rose again. Jesus is talking about when he dies and rose. Jesus is talking about when he dies and rose again. Jesus walked the earth and he did all these things and he taught about the kingdom and he healed people and he ministered to people and he helped people. And then ultimately we believe that he did this because we believe we're made in God's image. I believe you're made in the image of God. God created you to know himself. But we all choose to go away from God. Every single person in this room, including me, definitely me, has chosen to step away from God. And the Bible calls that sin. The Bible calls that sin that we choose to go away from God. But when we do that, God is so perfect and holy that that means there's a distance between us. So God sent His Son. God came as a man, Jesus Christ. And He didn't just die. He died to take on the punishment for me turning away from God, for you turning away from God. He died to take away the sin that distanced you from God. And then not only did He die, we believe He rose again in order that as He rose again, He rose in victory so that you and I could know Jesus. We could know God. We could have that entire thing in our lives where we feel like we're not measuring up, wiped away. All of our sin wiped away in order that we could know God. He did it. He came as a human being so that He could restore us as human beings. He did it and He died and He rose again for you. You see, both of these people, I believe, I believe the man who got risen uh, from paralysis could have been carried out of there still paralysed and he still got the most important thing he could have ever been given in his life which is he had Jesus Christ look him in the eyes and say, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. And Levi, when Levi gets to follow Jesus, almost the secondary thing is that the practicalness of his life gets changed. But Jesus says, I've called a sinner to repentance. He was sick, but I've healed him. Could this be you? Could this be me? Could Jesus today, if you don't know him, could Jesus be actually coming to you today to say, hey, why don't, you, why don't you follow me? You might not know me yet, you might not understand, but there's a distance between us and it's called sin and maybe you're feeling it now as I'm speaking, but Jesus says, don't worry, I've already taken care of it. I died and rose again for the sake of bringing this kingdom to earth that's mine that now is here and you can come and join it if you want to. Could this be me? Could it be you tonight who feels like you are just down on your luck, out and out, and you've never heard of Jesus Christ before, and He is saying, hey, listen, I want to forgive you, and then I'm going to pick your life up. <laughs> 
Could you be the person who is actually making money or making gains in your life by ways that you actually deep down in your heart know? Maybe your conscience is telling you that, yeah, not right, but you haven't been able to figure out why that is yet. And maybe it's because you were built for more than that. Maybe it's because you were actually made by God Almighty and He actually wants you to live the life that He made you to live because that's where you flourish the most. Because there's this thing called sin that's distancing itself from you and Jesus wants to come and first say to you, I forgive your sins. And now follow me and I will radically transform your life and you will be on the most wild adventure that you could ever possibly imagine. Could this be me? Could this be you? And if this is you, in a few minutes, Tando's gonna come and lead you in a response. But I want you to just think about it for the next few minutes. Could this be you in this moment? Could this God be real? Could Jesus actually be alive today coming to you and just washing away that dirt in your heart or washing away that thing that you thought you could never tell anybody but he wants you to come home to him he wants to transform your life (laughs) but for now I want to come back to the two people that we spoke about maybe you're that you feel like maybe you could be that paralyzed man in some area maybe you do feel like you could be like Levi, who's a bit trapped in the life that he's choosing and he's just making bad choices. And I want to invite Jesus to come now because this is the kingdom of God and Jesus taught us to pray, God, your kingdom come on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. And Jesus came to earth to show us what it looks like and the kingdom of God looks like people who feel like they can't get up off the dirt being risen up by Jesus. And it looks like people who have made a lot of bad choices or some bad choices or who keep making bad choices, being transformed, being restored to their friendships, being restored to their relationships because Jesus' kingdom's coming now in your life. So I want to do both these responses together. I just, if you, if any of that relates to you, if Jesus is speaking to you, I just want you to stand. I know it's, I just want you to stand up. I know that's a little bit brave. And I just want to pray and invite Jesus so just, just now, if that's you, if any part of that is you, I want you just to stand up. Amazing, well done. If Jesus is speaking to you in this moment about anything of that, even if it's the tiniest aspect of your life that Jesus is saying, hey, listen, I want you to follow me and not go that way. I just want you to stand up. And I believe in this moment as you stand up, I believe Jesus, and here's the great thing, Jesus knows you better than anyone knows you. So we're just, going to take a, we're just going to take a minute and I just want to invite Jesus to speak to you however he wants to speak to you. So come Lord Jesus, come Lord Jesus and speak now. Speak now Lord. Come Lord Jesus. also could be you who gets to hear the voice of Jesus speaking into your life right now and you're feeling something in your heart God is moving he is bringing change into your life right now and it might be subtle or it might be dramatic but Jesus is wanting to bring the kingdom of God onto earth even if it's the tiniest little piece of your life Jesus says the kingdom of heaven 
It's like a tiny seed that grows. Maybe it's just a seed, but the kingdom of heaven is coming in your life. A seed of hope. That relationship with Jesus that you know you've stepped away from because of the things you've been doing. And he is speaking to you now and saying, follow me. I have forgiven your sins. You've come to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.